This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. We are ready, we are excited, and we are blessed. And the title of my message today is Enough Already. Like what? Enough already? What do you mean by that? What kind of message is this going to be, right? It's not a doom and gloom. It's not whipping you over the head with the law. That's not where I'm going. I know when we use that phrasing, it's often meant to tell someone to stop. You've like reached your limit and it's like frustration is involved. And it's like, just stop already. Enough. I don't want to hear anymore. Right? That's how we associate that phrasing. Enough already. But my intention with that title this morning and what the heart of what I would like to convey to us all this morning is that we are enough already. You are enough already. And if I have to go with the intended meaning, we can use it this way. Enough already with thinking that you are not enough. Get rid of that stinking thinking because we are enough in God's sight. We were enough for him to send Jesus to die for us. Because believing that we are not good enough or that we are not enough or that we will never measure up will cause us at the end of the day not to live our best life. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to live a good life. That's the very reason why he sent Jesus. He came to give us life and life more abundantly, right? That's God's will for our lives. I mean, we have this belief and walk around with this belief that we are not enough, we are not good enough, we will never measure up. It will cause us not to live our best life. And that, in turn, could hinder us from stepping into that calling that God has for us, for our lives, and that next level He wants to take us to. It will cause us just to get stuck somewhere, and that's not what God wants for us either. He wants us to keep moving forward, keep pressing forward, right? And that is what I would like to us to talk about today, yeah? Living life to its fullest and walking in the will and the call of God with the confidence of who God says we are. And let that be the final authority. Now, one of the biggest hindrances to living life, our best life, and boldly stepping into our calling is feeling that we are not enough, as I shared, that who we are and maybe what we have, that our education, what we're capable of, our lack of experience, our age, isn't, it limits us. We feel like it is not enough. We are not enough. And not feeling enough, I think, is something that, if we be honest, that the majority of us struggle with in some degree, even the most confident person you might see out there would have that little bit of, you know what, I don't measure up. You can watch people on TV and you think of oh, famous singers or actors and you're like, man, they got their act together. Look at them. They could do all these great things. But when you go and hear conversations and them speaking from their heart, they speak about their insecurities, how they feel like they're not good enough. They don't measure up. We all face that to some degree, right? some more than others, unfortunately, because we tend, and it stems from believing lies, if you think about it. What is the root of that? Not feeling that you're good enough. It's believing a lie. And where do those lies come from? We are surrounded by those lies, to be honest. 
starting with the devil, he would try and throw those arrows of doubt at every opportunity because he would not want us to live our best life. He does not want us to live the life that Christ has purchased for us to live. And it could be through our upbringing, could because of our teachers are at school, wherever, all these different things, social media, adverts, always just communicating lies and lies and lies that we are not good enough, we don't measure up. Now, as parents, I want to just intro this before I continue sharing with the lies, because I don't want us to walk away here with guilt, shame, condemnation, because none of us are perfect, clearly. And as parents, being imperfect human beings, we are going to make mistakes. We are going to mess up. We are going to regret the things we've done and said. And, and when our kids are all grown up, we're still probably going to sit there and think, I wish I did this different or that different. It's always going to be there, right? Because we are not perfect human beings. So praise God, His grace is sufficient, right? And it's but even when we do mess up, it's important to set that example for our kids, showing them how we deal with when we mess up, that we go and make amends. We say, sorry, you know what? I didn't mean what I said. I shouldn't have done that. And then show them how we forgive ourselves and receive the forgiveness that God has for us and accept that forgiveness and then trust God for his more than sufficient grace to do all that he's called us to, to do, to raise our kids the way he wants us to raise. Now, I said all that just so that our, our parents won't walk around with all this uh, guilt, as I said, which we're so good at doing, because one of the lies that we receive starts from childhood sometimes, most oftentimes, of the lies that we believe maybe where our parents just one time maybe said something and that just stuck in your head for a lifetime. And that wasn't mean the parent didn't really want you to walk away with that for the rest of your life. But it's amazing how we forget all the good that we hear around and then hold on to that one negative thing. Typical of the devil, that's the way he wants us to be, right? So going back to some of the lies we believe could cause us to not feel good enough. Like I said, come from different places, starting with childhood. And some of us might have been raised by parents who had their own issues, their own hurts, and their own challenges that they were working through and projected that on us by the way they treated us or spoke to us, which in turn made us feel that we are not good enough or deserving of love. And sometimes we have to work through that when it comes to accepting God's love in the future, when we come to the understanding. And praise God, God is faithful. He will always reach our hearts. And Maybe we heard growing up words like, why can't you be more like your brother or your sister or that person or that kid, you know? There's always going to be some opportunity to take on that lie, that negative and false belief about ourselves. But when we come to an age of understanding, we have that choice to either accept that belief and keep walking in that belief and accepting that belief for the rest of our lives, that we are not enough, or we can do what Jabez did, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but we're going with that. Jabez did. Who knows Jabez? He's not mentioned much in the Bible, only one time. Only one time was he mentioned in the Bible, 
and that he was worth mentioning and it was good enough for God to actually mention this and it was that important. Because if you read Chronicles, he's listed amongst a whole lot of names on a genealogy list of whose father was whose son, whose grandfather and great-grandfather and the whole long list. And it was just like everybody was just mentioned by name and then suddenly there's Jabez listed there amongst them and it doesn't end there. A little story that was added to his name. It speaks of how he was someone who was birthed in pain. That's how he started his life. Birthed in pain, causing pain to his mother. And as such, he was given that name, pain. Because that's what Jabez, Jabez means. It means pain, grief, sorrow. That is the name he was given to reflect what he has caused his mother to feel when she gave birth to him. Can you imagine going through life with a name like that? That's like, you know, you go to a social gathering, it's like, hello everyone, these are my friends, Jack, Sue, and Payne, aka Sorrow. Yeah, that, that would not feel very comfortable. I think you will be the center of attraction there and the topic of conversation for sure. And even though, though, I love how he handled that, even though that was how he started his life, he was labeled that at birth, that was the, the attribute that was given to him, that wasn't the end of his story. He didn't keep walking that out for the rest of his life. Even though his name remained Jabez, he, his name wasn't changed, he, was continued, he continued to be called Jabez for the rest of his life, and that never changed. He did not let his name define him. He didn't allow his label to become his legacy. Instead, he took that matter to God. And that's, what, that's key right here. When we are labeled, when we are called names, first thing we need to do is go to God. And look here, he went to God in prayer and asked him, Look what he asked him. He said to keep him from trouble and pain. Isn't that interesting? He was called pain because he caused pain at birth. And he asked God in prayer to keep him from trouble and pain. The very thing his name meant. And not only to keep him from trouble and pain, but to bless him. Not just, okay, this does not cause any, any problems, any other pain. But no, let's go further. Let's go further. Let's bless me, Lord. Enlarge my territory. And guess what? God granted him his request. Watch this in First Chronicles, if you don't believe me. <laughs> 4 verses 9 to 10 from the New Living Translation. Verse 9. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. See, he went to God in prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that powerful? And that is under the old covenant. We have a new covenant God and his grace is more than sufficient. He didn't want to just to go through life just existing. He wants us to live life to its fullest. And we might go through life being called different names at different times, at different places, whether at school or at home or 
wherever you might find yourselves being labeled as stupid or selfish or weird by different people. But you know what? That's what we need to do is what Jabez did. They, we might not be able to stop people from calling us names and putting labels on us, but we can decide how we can respond to this. And that's when we take a page out of Jabez's book and respond to it by taking that matter to God because He can guard our hearts. He can protect our hearts and remind us of His truth, of who He says we are. And we should not let that, what other people say or think, define who we are. Instead, be defined by what God says about who we are. And He says you are blessed and you are highly favored. See, it's not how we start, it's how we finish. Don't despise where you came from, what your past was, what you've been through. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Until you take your last breath, it's not over. And don't own negative things. Don't make it your own. Just because that is how it always was, or just everybody is saying that about you, don't accept that, that that is how you are and that is how you will always be. Now, other than the lies the devil wants us to believe, add that to the many outside voices that we bombarded with, social media. We're all on social media in some form or shape. And I, for one, appreciate and treasure the fact that I was raised in a day and age where that did not exist. Because that just adds a whole nother layer to navigate through if we are already struggling with not feeling that we are not good enough. In my day and age, <laughs> the only comparisons we could make when we were young was with what the three channels that were available on TV <laughs> says about it. And most of them was kids channels, a couple of um, American TV series and the news and some music uh, shows. So, there wasn't much there to compare myself with and thinking I'm, I'm don't measure up. And yes, we got a magazine and you know, everything is Photoshop edited to make look perfect. And we had to work through that and not trying to feel like as a teenager, oh, you need to look like that, that perfect body, perfect hair that you saw in a magazine because then be reminded that that's not exactly how that person necessarily would look if they didn't have all the finishing touches done by the editor. And the only people that, who had an opinion to share with what they thought of us were the people who saw us in person. Nobody else had access to us like the kids nowadays do with the internet and social media where you don't even know this person from a bar of soap that lives all the way in Russia that can have this terrible thing to say about you on social media. It's just crazy. And that's unfortunately something that our kids struggle with and have to face every single day when they go on social media. Always the temptation, temptation to compare themselves, always trying to measure up because as a teenager, you want to be accepted, you want to fit in, you don't want to be different, right? Always trying to measure up and on top of figuring out who they are because teenage years is time to figure out who they are and then to have to deal with that on top of everything else. That's a lot to deal with. And they see other young people's seeming confidence as they post things, 
their great looks, their perfect hair and perfect bodies and their great achievements and making them feel like they are not measuring up, making them feel less than because they measure themselves with what is presented to them as a reality, which is not always the reality. It's so easy for anybody, doesn't matter how miserable your life is, just to post that one good thing with that smile and one time your hair looks good and with a little bit of filter on there and, and the rest of the time, you know, you have your own struggles and issues. So we can't compare ourselves to what we see on social media and feel less than and feel like we are not good enough. And oftentimes, you know, the kids post something and then have all these people that they don't even know just have their opinions about what they posted and make them feel like they worse than dirt and they shouldn't be even alive on this planet. And that is just so sad on so many levels. And it just adds to what they already believe that they might not be good enough. And it absolutely, absolutely breaks my heart to know how many young people have taken their own lives because they believed that they weren't good enough because of what they were told online by bullies or at school telling them what a waste of space they are, that they're not good enough. And it takes such grit to be a teenager in this day and age because everyone in their mother feel like they can have an opinion and because of free speech and have their say. But at the end of the day, hurting people hurt people, right? And this is what the Apostle Paul have to say about that in Galatians 5, verse 13 to 15, because if we are that person that is causing that hurt and we call ourselves a believer, we need to stop that. We need to think about that other person as a human being with feelings, right? And this is what he says in Galatians 5, verse 13 to 15. For dear brothers, you have been given freedom. Yes, we have the freedom. We can have free speech. We can live in freedom, but not freedom to do wrong, but freedom to love and serve each other. And watch this in verse 14. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love others as you love yourself. But if instead of showing love among yourselves, you are always critical and catty, watch out. Beware of ruining each other. And that's what it's going to end up being. Ruining each other. Ruining somebody's life. And when we come to a place where we have that revelation and that heart understanding that we are unconditionally loved and accepted by our Heavenly Father because of Jesus, we in turn will be able to love ourselves because it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? And only when we love ourselves are we able to show that love to others and able to love others the way we should. But if we don't have love for ourselves, we end up going and hurt other people around us. And that's why I say hurting people hurt people. And if you see a bully and somebody hurting somebody else, you actually have to feel sorry for that person because that means that person doesn't love himself. He doesn't feel like he's good enough. So that's why he is rejecting that. Somebody that can walk around and, and just, you know, even though they are attacked or whatever and they don't attack back, that is a person that actually says, you know what? I know who I am. I am enough because God says I'm enough and that's all that matters. 
Now, continuing with the lies that we believe that make us feel like we are not enough. And also, I just I feel like I just need to say on that note, if any kids watch us or now in the future, if you are feeling like life is not enough, that you are not good enough, or that you feel you no longer want to live, or anybody for that matter, seek help, ask somebody, reach out. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't try to work through it yourself. Take it to God and then find somebody that you can trust that can point you in the right direction to get that help. Now, as mothers, we sometimes follow other women online as well. We watch how wonderful they do their decoration of their homes and how well they do their hair and their makeup and everything else. And, and we follow them because it seems like they have their act together in that specific area of their lives and that they have it all figured out. And we see those posts on a daily basis and of all the great things they've achieved. And that was even before they even made breakfast in the morning, they've already conquered the world. And then we looked at ourselves and like, oh my goodness, here I have kids screaming, my place is a mess, dinner is not ready, I'm a mess, I'm still in my pajamas. And you just feel so worthless that you are such a failure as a mother, as a wife. And it's so easy to just accept those negativity and those, that negativity and those lies that you are not enough. But if you are there, showing up for your children, showing up for your husband, being present, being available to them. doesn't matter what your house looks like. Okay, keep it tidy. There's no excuse to have a dirty house, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, just a decent looking place and just being there and present in the moment with our family. That is what matters at the end of the day. If we die tomorrow, we're not going to remember for how well we kept our house. We're going to be remembered for the experience they had with us, the love that they received from us, that we were there for them. And so if you can do that, just being present to your family, you are enough. Because God says you're enough. Or maybe you're a father or a husband watching how much success others, other men are having that are your age and you feel like you should be there and you should be having those fancy sports cars and you know this great career and this mansion of a house maybe and you know we tend to do that we compare constantly always comparing ourselves with others it's not a healthy thing to do at all it just takes us in a downward spiral which is not a good thing and it makes you at the end of the day feel like you are not good enough you don't measure up and that everybody else has it together but you don't it's a lie from the devil and oftentimes as people who get to have all those things, they make sacrifices to do that. They maybe don't have families. They maybe don't spend much time with their families. They maybe are so needy and deep, knee deep in dead, you know? And you know, even if they aren't, we celebrate them, good for them. We can't compare ourselves. We need to look at our lives. And as fathers, as husbands, you just, at the end of the day, you are good enough if you are there every day. Because how many dads don't show up every day and being there for their kids and their family? If you are there for your kids and you're offering them the best, you're providing in the best way you can. They have food, they have clothes, they have a roof over their head, and you are a, a present dad. What more do you want? You are enough. You are more than enough in God's eyes. And if you believe otherwise, you are believing a lie. We are faced with the decision daily. On a daily basis, we have the decision whether to focus 
on the positive or the negative. It's like Jesus said, I put before you death and life. Choose life. Choose the positive. Choose the things that are going, working in your life. Don't focus on the negative because we all are surrounded with opportunities constantly to, sell, to go into that place of self-doubt that we are not enough. Even when we look at innocent adverts on TV in between our favorite shows or that pops up while we on social media, it is geared to make us feel that we can and should look better. Who we are right now is not enough. You can do better, you can have better, you can have more. And then if you do, you will be accepted more. You will have these people in your life. You will have this and people will love being around you. And if we drive this car and look a certain way and have certain things, then you will be enough. You'll be good enough. And once you have that, guess what? There's a newer thing, a newer car, a newer technology, a newer whatever. And guess what? You're back to square one. It's time to measure up again. Never enough, right? It's never enough. It's in our faces everywhere, continuously. And it's something we need to not allow into our hearts. It becomes the endless rat race. That's what it is. Always looking for contentment, acceptance, and belonging by trying to measure up to impossible, ever-changing standards. And if it does happen for that moment, you feel like, oh, I'm accepted, I look good, or whatever, it lasts for a moment, a subject to change. And then we're back to feeling like we don't measure up. We will never be good enough. That we are trying to reach that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and we never get to it. While meanwhile, missing out on a true and lasting contentment, a belonging, and acceptance unconditionally, which is right there for the taking. God is just standing there with open arms and said, I love you, I accept you. You are my child, you are enough. And that feeling of not being enough can translate into us not fully stepping into our callings. That's the second part of what I wanna share with us today. You know, the first part was, the main thing is that we don't feel good enough, which impacts the fact that we don't live our best lives because we're continuously comparing and listening to the lies that surround us constantly. And the second part is that it stops us maybe from fully engaging and stepping into that promise, that calling that God has upon our lives, which is so important. Can you imagine if Paul felt that he couldn't preach the gospel because he didn't qualify because of his past, because of what he did, how he persecuted the Christians? What if he allowed shame, guilt, condemnation, his past, to hinder him from fulfilling the call of God on his life? We wouldn't have had all the books that were inspired by the Holy Spirit written through him that we get to be encouraged by today. And all that missionary trips that he took and gospel, everything that he sacrificed and endured, what a great, great example of someone who would not allow his past to determine his future and God's call and stepping into God's call for his life. Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14, this is what the Apostle Paul write about that. I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect because none of us are perfect. 
We are not perfect, but we are enough because Jesus is enough and the price he paid for us on the cross is more than enough. And then he carries on saying, I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. Of course, my friends, I really do not think that I have already won it. Watch this. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I run straight toward the goal, goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. He kept his eyes on the call of God. He kept his eyes on what is ahead of him, the prize, his race. He didn't focus on his past and how he doesn't measure up. He focused on the call of God and he stepped into that and kept going, kept moving forward. We can't allow our perceived shortcomings and insecurities to hinder us from walking in God's calling for our lives. A wonderful current day example of someone who won't let their limitations stop them from fulfilling God's call on their lives and chose to stop looking at himself as not being enough. It's a man called Nick, and I hope I don't butcher his last name, Vujicic. Born without arms and legs, Nick faced numerous challenges as a child in his early life, even to the extent that he wanted to commit suicide at the age of 10. He was bullied in school. He endured so much. And look at him now. He is a motivational speaker, an author, inspiring millions with his story of resilience, of faith and determination, and wanting others to walk in the call of God and their purpose, and that everybody has a purpose, that God has a purpose for everybody's life. And he has a wife, four beautiful children. He's traveling the world. What more could he want? Look at him. He can see, he's such a great example for us. We can't let our limitations stop us from walking and fulfilling God's plan for our lives. Moses is another example. When God appeared to him in the burning bush and told him to go to Pharaoh and to lead the children of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt, even though he just had this great supernatural experience with God, God spoke to him through a burning bush. And then afterwards, he, the snake that turned into a stick and the stick into a snake and the hands put in his sleeve becomes, becomes a, a white like leprosy and then it's fixed again. He saw all these miraculous signs, but even then he said, I cannot do what you want me to do. I cannot go and stand in front of Pharaoh and represent the children of Israel. I am not good at speaking. As great man as he was, he felt like he was not enough. He did not measure up. Watch his response to God in Exodus 4 verse 10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. That's how much he felt it. Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Moses felt like he couldn't be a mouthpiece for God and looked instead at his own shortcomings and that was his mistake he looked at him not being enough not seeing what God says God would not have, appear, have appeared to him if God didn't think that he could do it right at the end God relented and let um, Aaron go with him and God said to Moses I'm going to still speak to you and then you tell Mo, um, Aaron and then Aaron speaks to the Pharaoh 
You know, we could have just cut right through to the, to the chase, where we can call it that. But no, we'll go this way. And God, in His mercy and grace, He did that. But at the end of the day, guess what? When they got to uh, Egypt, time after time again, Aaron spoke on behalf of whatever Moses told him, but God told Moses. But eventually, if you continue reading that whole account, Moses eventually started speaking up for himself and speaking for the children of Israel and taking on that position of leader of Israel that God wanted him to be in all that time, all along. And finally it happened and his confidence grew and he saw where God wanted him. Another example is that of the prophet Jeremiah. God spoke to him and called him to be a prophet to the nations, but Jeremiah also felt that he could not do it because of the limitations he set upon himself. He felt that he was not enough. He did not measure up because he was too young. So here we have Moses feeling like he cannot speak, and here we have Jeremiah feeling like he's too young. Watch this in Jeremiah 1 verses 4 to 10 from the Good News Translation. The Lord said to me, I chose you before I gave you life. And before you were born, I selected you to be a prophet to the nations. And I answered, Sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say that you are too young, but go to the people I sent you to and tell them everything I command you to say. So here we have Moses saying he can't do what God's called him to do because, you know, here we have too old, too young, can't speak because I'm... Um, speech impediment, I can't speak because I'm too young, I can't speak well, but watch how it turned out with both. They both took a step of faith, even though they didn't feel like they measured up, that they couldn't do it. Regardless, they did it. They went and they stepped into it, and the rest is history. We read about the great impact that they made through the different uh, things that God led them to do. Every step of the way, God was with them. He was faithful. God promised to always be with us, never leave us, never forsake us. He will never call us to do something that He doesn't feel like he, you can do, and He will supply what's needed. I can relate to both Moses and Jeremiah with, in the past, how I used to feel not being able to speak eloquently enough because of being raised Afrikaans. And then my whole environment, the church, and um, wherever I go now in America, is everybody's English. So I am oftentimes a little bit um, uh, subconscious, conscious of my maybe not using the right grammar, the right proper words. And you know what, I can get into my head about that, but I can't allow that to stop me. Because if I did, I would not be standing right here, right now, sharing what I'm sharing with you. Because I can't just, you know, say and preach and not walk the walk and talk the talk, right? And... I allowed for a long time not having of, uh, English as my first language hold me back of being able to speak. And when we joined the ministry, I was only 24, I felt like I was too young, too inexperienced, and I had every excuse in the book that I thought of that why I could not do that. But nevertheless, praise God for my husband, he was like the Aaron, although really he was more like the Moses leading the thing, but <laughs> anyway. We stepped into that call that God has for us. It took a bold step of faith, leaving behind a lot of things, making a lot of sacrifices, but we did it and God honored that and He's been with us every step of the way because that is what God does. He doesn't call us to do something that He will not provide and be there with us 
and he has been. He's been so faithful. It ends off with Jeremiah 1, the verses 8 to 10 that we haven't read yet. It says, Do not be afraid of them when God told him to, I've called you, I'll be there with you. Do not be afraid of them, for I will be with you to protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out, touched my lips, and said to me, Listen, I am giving you the words you must speak. And watch this. Today I give you authority over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Jesus has given us all authority over the power of the enemy. We just need to exercise and walk in that authority. That's all we need to do. Knowing that our God is with us every single step of the way. We just need to take that step of faith. We just need to boldly step out in faith. Take that first step like Peter did when he walked on the water towards Jesus, when Jesus called him. It took a step of faith and then the next step and the next step. It takes a step of faith and not consider our surroundings, our limitations. We just need to boldly step out in faith, not focusing on how we don't measure up or how we are not enough, what we don't have, but what, that, what we can do and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and that we can walk in that authority. If God called us to do something, we have that authority to walk in that and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Josiah, another great example of a king. At the age of eight, he became king. Who does that, you know? But you know what? I love the fact, even though he did not allow his age, to be a hindrance to being a great king. He is listed, listed amongst the greatest kings that had ruled and reigned in Judah, even though he was only eight, because he uh, commissioned the temple to be rebuilt, and then the book of the law was discovered, and it was brought to him. He read it, he wept, he realized the truth because it was hidden from him for so long. He asked for the whole of Israel to hear the book of the law being um, taught, shared with, and then he commissioned that then just need to be done a whole cleansing of the whole land of all pagan worship and all shrines and anything that did not represent honor to God. And he was responsible for that at a very young age. I think he did the cleansing at the age of 24 or 26, something like that. That's pretty awesome. And Paul reminds us not to despise our youth and not think that God can't use us because we're too young or too old because even though he speaks about you too young it can go with anything uh, let's read 1 Timothy 4 verses 12 to 14 where Paul reminds Timothy to not allow his young age to be a hindrance to his call he says and don't be intimidated by those who are older than you sometimes it's easier said than done because you look at the people around you say so much older they have so much more experience they have everything else. But if God's called you to do something, you can walk in that power and that authority. Simply be the example they need to see by being faithful. It's all you have to do. Be faithful and true in all that you do. Speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the Word of God. See, here's the key how you can be confident in who you are and feel like you are enough is going to the Word of God because that's where we are reminded of what God says who we are. Be faithful in prayer. That's where we are reminded of who we are. That's where we draw our strength from God. 
and in teaching the believers as we share that truth with others it becomes more of a reality in our lives don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life that's something we should never do for it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you praise god that was a lot i know let's end with this final verse colossians 2 verses 6 to 7 it says you have accepted christ jesus step one you have accepted christ jesus as your lord now keep on following him plant your roots in christ and let him be the foundation for your life be strong in your faith just as you were taught and be grateful these this is key for us walking in all the will of god accepting jesus christ as our lord and savior being rooted and planted in that firm foundation that God loves us will cause us to feel like we are loved, that we will love ourselves, we are able to love others. And that comes from spending time in God's presence, in His Word, where all His promises that we are reminded of that all the time. And we all can come up in ending, we can all come up with many reasons why we can't step into that call of God or make the changes in our lives needed to be made or apply for that job or for that promotion or start that business or commit to that relationship by marriage if you've been in that relationship for many years and you know that's the one for you or having that children in the marriage that you're waiting forever because you're waiting to have all the money in the world and achieve all these things before you have the children because you don't feel like you're ready for it or adopt or foster or limit ourselves by believing a lie that we are not enough we can make all those excuses to stop us from stepping into that which god has for our lives what he wants us to do but the time is now to say enough already enough is enough saying that we are not enough and it's time to just embrace and accept what god says about us and that we are enough and we believe God's voice above all the other voices ultimately that surrounds us and we can tune into that voice of God at the end of the day and tune out all the other voices by just daily going to God being in his presence reminding ourselves through his word and his in time of prayer of who we are and to tune out all those lies and just remember that we are enough because God says we are enough because his word has final say, final authority in our lives. Because when God says, that settles it. Selah. Praise God. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.